Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Library Love Fest podcast. It's Lainey, and we have a very fun special guest today. Um, already been on the podcast, so an old pro, but we welcome Linda Cohen today. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lainey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, how are you doing? Things are good in a very strange, dystopian way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. Um, and so Linda is the sales director at Booklist, and we've had her on before because she has this amazing book club. And they did this really cool event, unlike anything we've ever done before. You guys got a book and you talked about it and I kind of was a fly on the wall. It was so fun. And we wanted to invite you back to talk about, you know, during quarantine, what are you guys doing and how are you adapting? But before we get into that, and I urge everyone listening to go back and listen to that episode that we did and we'll link to it in the show notes because it was super fun. Um, but you guys were in person for that. And so... Tell us a little bit before we get started how your book club met and what what meeting usually looks like for you guys. Sure. Uh, we were we met in a very unusual way. We're all older. We've all been through our careers and had our families and we were all working women, which was interesting because we didn't have that connection that a lot of people who were stay-at-home moms had with friends in the area. So we were sort of all searching and we joined the Zumba club independently. And little by little over the years, I'd say about two years, we started to connect and sometimes have lunches. And it turned into at least seven to nine of us a really dedicated group of friends, developing friends at this age is so unique and so hard. We go away together. We went to a spa. We've done other things. We go to plays when the life is normal. We do so many things. We walk every week. Um, it's become a very important part of our lives and we're all extremely grateful for it. So one day we said, you know, we used to belong to book clubs, but they never really talked about books. They only talked about, you know, how their kids are and all this other stuff. And we all really love talking about books. And we decided to call to, to create the Zumba book club, Zumba for the Zumba club. Um, and we would meet once a month in someone's house and we would have hors d'oeuvres out to start and we just chat for about 20 minutes, maybe a little more. Then we would actually start talking about the book. It could go on for an hour or more sometimes. And then we'd have dessert because we always have to have coffee and dessert um, and go back to talking about our lives. So it has been terrific and it's been going on for, I don't know, three years now, I believe. Wow. So that's it's amazing. Been, it's been great. Yeah, it's been amazing. 
Yeah, three years. That's a, it's a big accomplishment. We said that last time. That's a lot of schedules to wrangle <laughs> for three years. For sure. For sure. I know. But remember, a lot of people are retired, so they have a lot more time. Right. So, <laughs> so what, um, what was the conversation around everyone having to be quarantined and, and how are you guys going to meet and what happened with that? Well, we all started to call each other up and say, Hey, how is everything? How are you? And then we said, okay, everyone's using this thing called zoom. So we should try doing something on zoom. So the first call was just trying to see how we can figure out how to use it. Because we were like a classic, um, I, I forget who on Saturday Night, Live, Saturday Night Live did that skit where older people are like, what do you do? How do you do it? What do I touch? What do I turn up? Um, so we went through that and then we said, you know, we should figure it out. And we figured, okay, let's come up with everybody reading their own book at first because None of us had um, really had time to get books and we didn't know how things were going to work out with libraries or deliveries. So we each chose one book to read that and then each of us would sort of do a book report. Um, So we did the Zoom, the first Zoom call, and it was really kind of funny because Zoom was free for, what, 40 minutes at a time. So we knew we'd run longer. So we'd have back to back links. And then we realized this is ridiculous. So I finally actually made a real account where you never have to cut the call. So once we got through that, people would report on their book that one time. But then we decided that was a little dry, even though we learned about a lot of different books that we really wanted to read ourselves. And that was helpful. So we decided to go back to our older format of a person picking a book to read and then being the lead on that call. So we would pick a book and this is where it got different being the pandemic and the virus. A lot of people would, uh, weren't sure how they were going to get the book. Libraries were closed and they were really dependent on libraries. A lot of them downloading was very difficult. Some of the books we wanted to read were um, downloadable. And, you know, at that point too, delivery on um, Amazon, they were, putting books as lowest priority for delivery. So we didn't know if we'd get the books in time to read. So we ended up coming up with agreeing we would um, download books we can all get. And we started having our leader picking a book. And they're the person that leads it on Zoom. Um, We talk a little bit like we were in person about our lives. And then we go right into the book. And it's lasted quite a long time each call. That person who leads decides um, what uh, researches the author so we can have an understanding of what might have inspired that person. And they also have a lot of questions that they ask. Probably a lot are from online for book club questions. And then we just start talking. Um, It's been really great. And we do it once a month. And we keep on going. Uh, Then, this is interesting as an aside, we got, I got an, e- I got an email from um, a friend from an old disbanded book club. We disbanded it about seven years ago. And this club I had been a part of for about eight or nine years. So we were really close, but you know, we, we, we grew apart and we stay in touch through Facebook, sort of watching our lives. But I got an email saying, Hey, let's put the book club back together on board. And we just actually did our first we now labeled this one the quarantine book club 
and we've reconnected again. So we're doing the same format. We come up with a book. Everybody comes on to the call. And we are, it's going to be our third call coming up. That's been something incredible as well. I love that. That's so nice. And actually, I ha- we had talked about this earlier, but I I started a book club during all of this because I missed my friends. And I said, you know, we have all of these resources and we're all stuck in our house. So let's try to meet. And now, uh, you know, we're, we have to meet and read this book. And, you know, it makes us have social interaction, which is really nice. And I That's think I really important. Right. And I think I talked to my friends across the country more now than I did before quarantine, you know? You know, and it's, you're so right. And it's really funny because not only does this help and give you something to look forward to, um, my college friends, we have stayed close, a group of us and and our husbands and wives. um, And we now meet every Saturday night and we come up with a topic to discuss. And one is in South America. He moved to Bogota and got married there, Colombia. Um, and most of us are, are ones in Virginia, one couple. We're all over. And we have taught now than we have in years. And it's incredible. Yeah. So what um, have you learned from your book clubs? And what, what, make, what maybe have you learned doing this virtually that you wouldn't have learned in person? Well, we did see each other a lot, and we actually still walk once a week, uh, some of us. Um, so we do keep up with each other's lives. But when we're on the call, you know, it's really just a great way to vent about how frustrated we are about our lives and what's going on in the country and the world. Um, you know, we talk about what's happening with our families. Um, unfortunately, you know, some people have not made it through well. Um, there's some people that hit walls. I hit a wall where I just needed to get away and we booked a place with my family somewhere just to go and, you know, just rejuvenate and reconnect with the family. And a lot of, if someone um, is having problems, their daughter was going to get married and, you know, they have to, they're having problems being quarantined together since it's brand new. They never lived together it's been very challenging for a lot of people. So it's a great way to vent. And we only let ourselves be depressed for about 10 minutes. That's the rule. And then we have to move on to uplifting things and positive things, because otherwise you could just spend the whole time just being miserable. And that's the whole idea of these things to take our mind away from it. And that's what we we want to do. And that's what we try to do. Right. I love that. That's, that's a good tip. Um, so before the book, especially for your Zumbet class, did you guys read print only usually? I would say that three quarters read print and the others would download. Okay. And so and it this, depends if, if it depends if people were traveling, they would download because it was easier. But um, I know personally, I still prefer a book and a lot of the others do too. Right. And so, you know, then you said that you all had to decide one that you could download. And so was there any, you know, growing pains with getting everyone on the digital front? There was definitely some issues and we had to explain to some how to use your library system um, to get downloadable books. And once and then, you know, just ordering through Amazon also, which you get instantly. So once we figured all that out, um, yeah, it became much easier for sure. Do you think you have any converts for when everybody goes back, people who will move 
that maybe didn't read digital will start reading digital? I think that some might, but I still think there'll be a mix. I know that, you know, there's something very, to me at least, and I noticed some of the others, very relaxing about holding a book. I don't know. It just takes me to another world. I'm on my my computer all day long and then my phone all day long. And I just like to not look at a screen sometimes. And I think that's some of the feelings of some of the others as well. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, I mean, the most important question of all, you said that you have to have snacks. <laughs> How do you do that when you're meeting virtually? Any other fun we things have snacks. that done? Oh, we have snacks. You know, someone, some will drink wine. Some will have their meals because, you know, they'd rather eat with us than hang out and, you know, watch the news. Um, and yeah, we will just eat and talk and laugh and people will drink. So we're trying to recreate, again, as much of that real life as we possibly can. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And so, you know, I think a lot of libraries are are dealing a lot with not only virtual events becoming the norm. So I think in the future that they will be able to do a lot more virtual events and they see they've seen the outcome and people can come virtually, but they're looking for those book clubs and those other uh, staples of their library meeting spaces to go online virtually. And so they're dealing with a lot of things you're talking about and getting people online. So if they were going to start a virtual book club and maybe get people on, what are some tips that you have for them to remember? Well, I assume they would have uh, ways to reach out to people to form it. And I would say, come up with a book and send an email blast to certain people that they know might be interested and say, hey, we want to do this virtual call and, you know, let's do it every month, every two months, depending, you know, I guess on the library and how they usually do their on-site book clubs. Um, and I think that might be the way to go. You know, there's so many good books out there, but you trust librarians to feel confident in some of the selections that they make. Um, so I think that might be a way to do it. I would love it if my library reached out to me and say, hey, would you be interested? And if there was a book I liked, I'd probably join for that session. Yeah. And what about like logistically, like talking over people or even meeting if you start a group and people don't know everyone, how do you get that, that community started? Well, I think that it's uh, when we do, we do Zumba now from our class twice a week in our homes and she handles this perfectly. And I think it's ideal. She, you first come on, you introduce yourself, then she tells everyone to shut their audio and you just raise your hand and you're called on when it's time to speak because yeah, you're right. Otherwise over speaking with each other is very difficult and you get, you lose audio quite often and it just gets frustrating. So I think it, it, the librarian controlling the meeting would be able to say, okay, you know, this person, you know, you have your hand up or what would you like to say about it? Or let's go around. I'll tell you, I'll call a name. Why don't you give me a minute, you know, summary of what you thought of the book. And then I'll post some questions and then just raise your hand. And, uh, you know, I'll let you know who I'd like to speak next. I think that would be a way to handle it very well. Yeah. That's, those are great tips. And I have to say, I'm always so impressed when you tell me about your close-knit group. And, you know, I'm glad you guys could keep it up and still get to see each other. That's It's really impressive, three years. And, and, and even starting a new one, I think that you have two now that you have to um, schedule. So <laughs> kudos to you. 
I guess it shows that everybody is just really craving that social interaction. I think libraries can really put that into practice and their thought process when they're trying to create these virtual events for people to meet online. You know, that's what people really want at the library. They want this social interaction and um, this is a great way to do it. So again, thank you so much for talking to us about this today. Thank you, Lainey. And I really appreciate um, all that you do for these podcasts and for having us read your books, which are always terrific. Thanks. And we have a special surprise. Last time I got to be a fly on the wall and I get to do it again. I'm going to go virtually to the book group. And the book you guys are reading is Mrs. Lincoln's Sisters by Jennifer Chiaverini. And um, that audio will be uh, right after this. You guys can listen in. I'm so excited. Thank you, Lainey. So as we transition into the book club discussion of Mrs. Lincoln's Sisters by Jennifer Chiaverini, I wanted to give you a little background on this book. So the author, Jennifer Chiaverini, is a New York Times bestselling author of several acclaimed historical novels and the beloved Elm Creek Quilt series. And in her latest historical novel, Mrs. Lincoln's Sisters, which the book group talked about, um, this is a story of Mary Todd Lincoln. So she uh, has previously written Mrs. Lincoln's Dressmaker, and this she's returning to her most famous heroine, Mary Todd Lincoln, and she's going to tell the compelling story of loss love and sisterhood within this really rich uh, historical novel to which Booklist calls a fascinating glimpse into the women of an influential family on the front lines of some of the most important moments of that indelible time. I really hope you enjoy the discussion. You'll hear clips in and out with some questions and get a feel for how the group loved the book. This is all from Zoom, so lively discussion. We're so glad to have this. Why do you think it was so hard for Mary to maintain her relationships with her family? Susan B? Well, one of the things I, I think also contributed to her uh, relationships is that she was different. She wasn't like her sisters in many ways. She wanted this education. She was very involved in politics at a very young age. And unfortunately, you know, and what happens in a family is that if you're not you know, you don't have the same kind of needs and wants as your siblings or whatever. You're looked upon differently. Pat? She, like Susan said, she lived in a very different world from her sisters. I mean, her sisters were homemakers, basically, and like career women. And here was a woman who was first lady with those pressures, running political campaigns. The, you know, the man behind, the woman behind the man, so to speak, who was the president. So I don't really know what kind of stresses she had to deal with in that role, aside from being a wife and a mother and the losses that she had, and how that impacted on her ability to sustain relationships with her family, who were very different stages of life. Madeline? Just continuing on, on this point, which I think is a really good one, of how different she was when her sis from her sisters. I was thinking about when it talked about when Abraham Lincoln was practicing his speeches and working out his strategies and so on. She was a real partner and she really contributed. You couldn't really picture any of her sisters being able to substantially help him in writing speeches or formulating strategy or anything. And I really got the feeling that in a little bit different era, instead of wanting to marry a president, she might have wanted to be president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, she was telling him who should be the cabinet members, and then later on when he had a cabinet, she was kind of annoying them by always giving them her 
suggestions and so on. I, I think she really wanted to be in the larger role, whereas her sisters didn't have that ambition. Joanna? Joanna, go ahead. I actually, after hearing what Pat and Madeline said, I'm beginning to have a lot, she's being painted, at least in the book, relative to her sisters, as a lot more human, with mm. frailties, with faults, and with positives, um, and, and strong positives. And really, besides, aside from the mental illness, a woman who was really out of her time, and um, more like a man. So I'm beginning to like her more <laughs> as we're having this dialogue, believe it or not, and getting a better sense of her. Ricky? Uh, she was also an amazing, dedicated mom when her husband was not around much. And her and Abe believed in freedom for the kids. And even if it's not exactly correct, let the kids have fun. But losing three out of four kids, how can one even imagine this tragedy happening? So emotional problems and having these horrible tragedies, none of the other sisters had so much trauma and tragedy that, yeah, she had emotional problems that obviously aggravated it a lot. So she had my heart bleeding for her. I don't know how likable she was, but my heart was bleeding for her. She, she was giving money to Frances, her sister, when she was in Europe. She had a heart, but she was confused and she was emotionally confused. The next question we have, and that was really great, um, the topic and everything, each perspective is so different, and that was really what makes this so special in this book club. Um, now, how does the trauma and sorrow of the Todd sisters' lives and their periodic estrangements mirror what had been happening to the nation they lived in? Well, I think this is a very timely discussion, given what's going on now with Black Lives Matter. I mean, you can't have this topic at this point without... Right relating it to and what's going on in the streets here in the 2020, you know. Um, in terms of the nation, I, I don't know how to address this. I mean, I don't know, post-slavery was a horrible time for the United States, even though the slaves were freed, the carpetbaggers and everything else. And now you are seeing them taking down all the statues of the people who fought at that time, you know, um, Robert E. Lee and all this stuff. So. I don't think the wounds from that time have healed. And even though we're several generations past that time, I think there's still the, the activities of that time in life. I think we're still feeling the effects of Susan Welling? I learned about Juneteenth, which has yeah. become a holiday because in reading this book and realizing that Abraham Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation to free the slaves and yet it took another three years for the word to get to Texas through a union officer to free the last slaves. And so I found that very relevant to what was going on in today's newspapers and in the news. That's actually really important too. And I agree that Black Lives Matters now sort of does indicate what's happening and the taking down of statues does definitely reflect the nation there's always underlying prejudice and hatred and somehow it gets passed along gener generation to generation. It's the Nazis in Germany. It's, it's China. It's, you know, the different regimes in China. It's what happened in Vietnam. It's all of this that seems to always still simmer beneath the surface. Well, I'm going to um, wind up our 
book club meeting of the Zumbet Book Club, our podcast number two, and thank HarperCollins. It really was a very interesting conversation, and it was fascinating how we were all able to find elements of it that related to today, and I guess history in general, and we hope to be back one day with you guys soon. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.